everyone. This is Ben, voicing your friendly circus bodyguard slash human fighter, Svend. Thank you so much for listening to the Heroes Die podcast. Uh, we're so excited to be on this journey with you all. Uh, I wanted to clarify, we ended last episode with a bit of a scary circumstance in which we saw a snake in the grass. And I just wanted to put it out there as a little PSA that snakes are your friend. Sure, some of them might be toxic, but in general, treat snakes like you would a stranger on the street. Respect them, and they'll respect you right back. Please spread that PSA with your friends, and also spread the word of this podcast with your friends. It does us a huge favor if you're liking and subscribing to the podcast on any platform that you might be listening to it on, and word of mouth is a great way to make sure more listeners can join us on this journey. Thanks so much, and enjoy this episode of The Heroes Die. last thing you saw at the end of last session was a snake rising up above the grass about 30 feet away, 40 feet away from where you all are at Myron's wagon. It's down south and west of you. Kill it! Fucking crushed it. 40 feet away from the professor. Exactly. Very nice. Well, I can't. He can't see it. He's in the wagon. Yeah, Sven is also in the wagon with the professor. Um... So if he hears any consternation, he'll step out of the wagon. Otherwise, he's probably going to stay surveying the the plant wreckage around him. Um, Eugene, do you see the snake? Indeed, I do. I'd say that that uh, I don't know that Eugene does. I think Sven is the only one who's or Sven. Are you in the wagon? Yeah, I'm in the wagon. Okay, I'm so the Sven only is one in the wagon. Line of sight. Profet- yeah, Leighton is the only one with line of sight right now. Oh, okay. So I have to stand to like here. That'll get you out of the... Yeah. If you're in the wagon right now, which I think you may have been, let's stay in initiative order. So yeah, I think gonna... Leighton, like, beckons Eugene over, and it's just like, Eugene, um, there's another snake uh, taking a look at us over there. Do, okay. do you think Do you think he might listen to you? Yeah, let's have a word. Same kind of move right now? Uh, yeah. 40, 45, 50... Is it all right? So that's two actions, and then can I use my third action to uh, have a word with this snake arena? Yeah, absolutely. You want to actually? What are you? What are you trying to do? So, diplomacy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna diplomacy with wild empathy. Okay, so this says make an impression. Uh, you need at least one minute of conversation, but we sort of eschew that for this wild empathy business. Yeah, go ahead and try to make an impression on the snake. Hey, little buddy been pretty rough and tumble out here fucking flirting with it we kind of had a wild one i'm talking dead friends risky trapeze <laughs> some snake bites and a bunch of little rat tracks i don't know if any of that sounds familiar to you but we most definitely don't want any trouble so if there's any way that you and me could just be pals and maybe talk this out, buddy and buddy, I think that'd be pretty groovy. Roll that diplomacy check. Is that? It's, uh, very good. It's uh, 16 on the die. Nice. For, for a 20. 16 on the die for a 20. Yeah. Okay. You see this spiper, which was up and going... as you came closer to about 10 feet away from it. Definitely aggressive, definitely hostile. If you'd come adjacent to it, may have attacked. And you see it begin to settle back down. 
its eyes still just sort of fixed on you and its body is coiling over itself. It has not relaxed, but it seems to be in a slightly different state of mind than it was a moment ago. That is Eugene's turn. The professor, it's your turn. The professor, um, are, and Sven and I are not aware of what's going on outside the uh, wagon right now, right? I feel like I would have said. Yeah, I, I, I stepped out hearing like Eugene like walking over to to it, but like I, I'm not like charging up to the snake or anything like that. And I talked about it like at full voice. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering like what level of threat we think the snake is, as opposed to investigating further inside of the wagon. I mean, do you have any fifth level spells yet? Because I'm all out for the day. Um... <laughs> yeah, I guess the professor can step outside. Sort of waddles. You could also make a perception check while you're in there, Rudy. No, I couldn't do that. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't be me. Yeah, no, no, no. What's there to see? It's a three-action system. All right, I'm going to do a perception check. Just kind of take a look around the wagon. Ooh, it's a 19. A 19. All right, so you find, uh, sitting on one of the shelves above the, above the now-dead plants... You find a crystal vial, and on it, in small type, it says, Bravo's Brew, Lesser. Dear me, dear me, 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 what could this be, Myron? What were you hiding from all of us? And the professor set, pulls up a stool and uh, starts stacking little books on top of it and uh, climbs up, climbs up and uh, reaches up on his little hairy toes and gets the vial. Sam, what does the vial of uh, Lesser Bravo's Brew look like? The vial looks like a test tube with a flat bottom that sort of flares out. It's fine crystal cork stopper. Uh, so for the professor's second uh, action, he's going to manipulate the cork open. And uh, he uh, gets a sniff of the vial. And what is the... And did you, I'm sorry, did you just say what the liquid looks like? Uh, yeah, it looks a little bit lavender and um, maybe mildly effervescent. You can't tell if it's just just because you've disturbed it or if it's actually fizzy. Do I smell anything? Yeah, you smell a little bit of boot leather and sweat. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, 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 my. Ugh. And uh, for his last action, the professor will dip his uh, pinky finger into the uh, vial and uh, get a little on his tongue there. Yeah, it tastes like a, a lot of tobacco in there, some tannins. Ah, very peaty. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, and, all, and also peaty. It's got a smooth smokiness that creeps up. <laughs> so, the professor is uh, in the in the caravan playing with the props. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Andruk, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Andruk has clocked that anything is going on, so he's just going to, like, walk slowly up to the rest of the group and start talking about how many killer shots he hit. <laughs> okay, so not that Andrew didn't have the opportunity to become aware of what's going on, but rather no, that he just had wants it. to talk about it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that? Oh my god, I don't think I've shot anything so small from such a great distance before. Ugh, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And Sven, it's your turn. Uh, Sven, immediately annoyed by Andruk, uh, <laughs> is going to step over uh, towards Eugene. And, you know, give his distance. He trusts that Eugene has his covered and stuff, but he wants eyes on the situation. Uh, he's going to get to here, but then he's going to ready an action so that if uh, if Snack decides to get a little violent, he's going to spring into action. 
Okay, so if that viper moves to attack Eugene, <clears throat> you are going to move. Move and attack. attack. Move yeah. and attack. Okay. You know what? I'm actually not sure how readying an action works in Pathfinder 2E. It's in the. I just looked this up. It's two actions, by the way, um, which I did not know. It's two actions to ready a single act. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you ready this action, Ben, you'll be able to move or you'll be able to attack, but you won't be able to do both. Gotcha. In that case, let me see how close I can get. Probably, yeah, okay. Uh, in that case, I can get to right here at least. And same thing. I will I will, I will move five, step, five feet closer, uh, but still ready my action. So if it approaches Eugene, then I'm going to either move or attack it, depending on where it ends up. Okay, cool. That is Sven's turn. That is the end of round four. We're heading into round five. Leighton, it is your turn. Leighton, what do you do? Oh, Claude, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll help you soon. I just, I don't have anything right now. And Claude unhappily stares Leighton down as he moves up a bit and then is going to cast, yeah, Forbidding Ward on Eugene, um, 30 foot range, cantrip. Leighton holds out his hands and says, if he should fail, keep him safe. And a like cloud of mist coalesces very faintly around Eugene and you get a plus one to AC only against that Viper for one round. I'm sorry, one minute. No, oh, so a couple rounds. Many of them. Many. Fucking sick. <laughs> All right, Leighton runs up. Eugene, you get plus one to your AC for 10 rounds. Eugene, it's your turn. Can I tell if this Viper's disposition is about the same as the last time I interacted with it, or am I noticing any differences or anything? It, it still looks pretty hostile, but it, it has calmed down somewhat given the, given the role that you had. Okay, sure. Um, I'm just going to attempt diplomacy on it again right away. Okay, go for it. Hey, look, little viper buddy. There's a lot of mean dudes here. Earlier today, I saw Sven do unspeakable things to strangers. (laughs) Not to mention that that horse is a war machine. So I think it's in your best interest to maybe just chillax and take a hike. Because I don't want to have to hurt you. How's that sound, little buddy? All right. Uh, let's do an intimidate check on that one. Intimidation! Uh, okay. <laughs> That's a two on the die for a six all day. Died a wet noodle. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. Do you have another action? I have two more actions, theoretically, right? Um, yes. Man, I don't want to have to hurt this thing. Well, you can... You can be done you know what i mean like it step to here okay and then i'm gonna try diplomacy one more time so you step to there and out of the bushes just to the north and west of him you see a much much larger snake lunging out over him to attack you from 10 feet away Oh, dude! <clears throat> Extremely rude. Big no thank you. A big no thank you. Oh, dear. That's a natural 20. Oh, oh that's Eugene. a critical success. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. No, conf- no confirmation rule. Um, that's just a critical hit. 
we're going to be doing, oh dear. 3,000 damage. Which is fine. 10 points of damage, and then give me a fortitude saving throw. Fortitude saving throw. I'm sorry, that was actually 20 points of damage. I only rolled once. Oh, okay, I'm dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like dead dead, right? No, just down. I I have 18 hit points, so I'm at negative two. Uh, no negative two? You're just dying one. Mm. I would say that's probably the end of my turn then. <laughs> <laughs> Definitively. I think that's the end of your turn as well. The, uh, the big red X means that you're down right now, uh, in case anybody had any questions about that. Okay, that makes sense. Sam, Sam they can't see us. <laughs> so the listener, there's a big, there's a red X over Eugene's uh, character there's emblem. A big on red the X over Eugene's pawn right now, yep. and I'm going to be using that to denote whenever a character goes down. Much like if you're crossing something off of a to-do list, uh, this is a way to say that it's no longer active. <laughs> uh, you know. Some of you may be familiar with this idea. Uh, it is now the giant viper's toyn. Oh, that was a ready to action? That's no, that wasn't weird. a ready to action. That was a reaction. It is not the giant viper's turn. It is the professor's turn. So, yeah, so the professor uh, wanders out of the wagon and uh, is like, um, you know, you wouldn't believe what I found in Myron's wagon. Oh, my dear me! Ah! And he sees the, uh, sees the giant uh, uh, snake, like, kind of waving its head over the collapsed body of Eugene. And uh, almost without, without a, um, uh, like as if it's not within his control, his hand, his right arm just kind of jerks forward, palm out, and uh, shooting from his uh, palm is a ray of enfeeblement at the cobra. The big one. Oh, yeah. You got the range on that, bud? I believe so. It should be 30 feet. If it needs to be more, then I can move a little bit closer. Yeah, you're 40 feet away right now. Hold on now. No, 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 hold on. Now, 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 just hold on here. Now, 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 you, now, you know, now, you know that money's in, that money's in your house, Sam. <laughs> that, that money's in Paul's house. Now, now I, I beg of you to reconsider. Potter's not selling. Potter's buying. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you are, Snake. You're nothing but a spider. Oh, but Potter's not selling. Potter's <laughs> buying. <laughs> It's one of my favorite my my favorite bits in that movie is when Lionel Rudy, uh, you're goes, thirty feet away now. <laughs> oh, that's all right, Sam. <laughs> Most people in this town hate me, and that's fine because I don't like them. <laughs> oh, all right, so here we go with the ray of enfeeblement. The first time the professor's using a level one spell in this game. So here we go. Pretty fucking cool. For some drama for the folks at home. That looked like it was going to be a natty one and rolled onto a 17 on the die. That is a 24 to hit. 24 is a hit. Excellent. The target is now enfeebled one. So yeah, so uh, uh, I'm trying to think what the ray of enfeeblement might look like. What color is it? Gold. It's The ray of enfeeblement is gold. Different direction than I thought you were going to head in. What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say green or purple, but gold. It's gold. No, I because like in my head, this is just the image that pops into my head is that it's like it's like a, a fist, like like a like a hand that shoots out and and like kind of squeezes whatever grabs it. 
and then like drops it like a wet noodle or something. So it, like it like it's kind of accordions their muscles a little bit. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. This is your ray of enfeeblement. So what I imagine is this big golden light streaks out of your hand picks up the giant viper and accordions this viper in and then out and then boom, drops him on the ground. He's been basically like, it's been basically put on the rack and then uh, crunched up real quick. It is Enfeebled One. Rudy, tell us what Enfeebled One does. Enfeebled One, you're physically weakened. Enfeebled always includes a value. And when you are enfeebled, you take a status penalty equal to the condition value to strength based roles in DCs, including strength-based melee attack roles, strength-based damage rolls, and athletics checks. I'll tell you what, this snake is a strength-based snake, and it will be taking a minus one on its to hits and damage. Nice. Put it this way, Eugene might still be up if it had been enfeebled a turn earlier. That is the professor's turn, I believe, right? That's a two-action spell, one action to move. Yes, it is, certainly. And the professor's like, Dear me, where did that come from? It is the smaller viper's turn. It is going to slither forward 5, 15, right up to Sven. It is going to lash out. Ooh, that's not going to be very good. It's not going to do it. It's going to try one more time at the iterative attack penalty. And that also is not going to do it. The viper slithers up to Sven. Lashes out, doesn't hit Sven, sort of dodging away with his knees, I imagine. Uh, the Viper not finding any purchase. Andruk, it is your turn. Yeah, I think Druk is like really upset at seeing Eugene go down. And he's gonna um, yell, yell at him like, hold on, good buddy! Um, and then he's gonna uh, double move so that he is directly to the east of Eugene, ready to administer first aid next turn. Then he's going to use his bow and uh, attack at uh, the, the big viper with point blank shot. PBS. Yeah. Will, okay. I know you're a fighter, but boy, is this guy a ranger. Like, <laughs> that is the most ranger shit. Double move across the entire fucking battlefield, whip out the bow, crouch over your fallen ally, fire arrows into the forest, and then start bandaging his wounds. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude, that's dope. That's dope. Uh, yeah, I'm psyched about the character. All right, let's see. Um, 16 to hit. 16 nice. to hit. 16 to hit on the giant viper is a miss. Why is it oh, so hard to hit a giant snake? Right. <sighs> Pathfinder 2E ain't fucking around. Also, you're not 10th level demigods in the heroin anymore. Never mind. Sven, it is your turn. What do you do? Alrighty. Um, seeing this little fucker step up to me, I'm going to take some chops at it. I'm going to use uh, the old double slice right up at the top. Right up at the top. Uh, no, fuck. That's going to be a 10 to hit. Yeah. A 10 is a miss. Yeah, that's a two on the die, folks. Um, how, how about a, uh, a 23, though? Fuck. Is that with the iterative attack penalty or does double slice not take it? Double slice does not take it. That's the entire <sighs> purpose of double slice. Fucking nice, dude. That is a yeah, hit. Yeah. Roll damage. Alrighty. <laughs> yeah. Where the fuck did my D8 go? Ben, that yeah. fucking oh. rules quoting got me good. <laughs> uh that's gonna be okay uh oh that's that's pretty good that's uh uh gonna be uh 18 points of damage oh, oh ben wow. that is oh. 
what does it look wow. like? What is it Holy look like? cow. Wait, roll the seven and an eight. Are you rolling two dice? Oh, shit. No, no, no. Yeah, sorry. It should just be one of those. Uh, so that that's just 10 points of damage. Just 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage. What does it look like, Ben? Oh, wow. Um, much like what you, uh, if, if you'd like to do it at home, you can lay out a garden hose on, on your go- uh, on, on the floor and then uh, find any hammer that you might have. Uh, th- you know, spend this swinging a war hammer. You might not have that, but any, <laughs> any good bludgeoning tool. Um, and then just hit, hit the hose. Hit it really hard, maybe at the neck uh, or where water would come out. And that's what he does uh, with, with this little stupid snake. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Ben. Also describe, never mind, I'm not gonna make that joke right now. Uh, do it. And that is double slice, that is two actions. You have a third, what do you do? Yeah, um, he's gonna step up to square off with the big snake uh, and try to divert attention from Eugene on the ground. Righto, righto, excellent. All right, Sven steps up to the giant viper. The giant viper's turn is now. The giant- Wait, is it my turn now? Uh, at the top of the next round. That was a reaction that it took to attack you. So it's the giant viper's turn now on its turn. Earlier was a reaction. Okay. The giant viper with Sven right in front of it is going to attack. 26 to hit. I'm rolling rolling rocks here. (laughs) That's an 18 on the die. That's going to be a hit. Rolling damage. Rolled two sevens last time. This one's a little bit less. That's seven points of damage all day to you. Okay. Oh, no. Uh-oh. No, no, no. That is six points of damage all day to you. Nice. All right, this is enfeebled. It is enfeebled one. Next up, it's going to attack again. Gosh, um, I'm still I'm still rolling pretty well over here, but let's see with the minus one. So a 19 to hit. That will still hit. That'll hit. That is going to be five points of damage. Okay. Still okay. up? Yep, still up. All right, that's good. Uh, and then you see it retreat back onto itself as it coils up and around, and it looks ready to lash out again. But that is the end of the giant viper's turn. Sven now bleeding from his face and torso with these hits. It's going to do it again, big bait. <laughs> <laughs> That is the end of round five, the top of round six. Eugene is down. Druk is playing the hero. The professor is fucking with some giant vipers. Let's see what happens in round six. Leighton, you're up. Oh, I picked the wrong snake. I, I am so sorry, Eugene. I'm so... Dang it. I didn't see the other one. And he flips over towards Sven and says... But now I do, and redirects um, Forbidding Ward over to Sven. So Ben, you get a plus one AC against the Big Viper's attacks. Nice. Uh, that is two actions, and then Layton is going to run five, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five to come up into the fray a bit, uh, and that is the end of his turn. Excellent. That is the professor's turn. Eugene, that was roll. Turn. That was Leighton's turn. Sorry, Eugene, it is your turn. Roll a flat check to see if you stabilize. What am I trying to roll here, Sam? I, roll, I rolled a 10, by the way. A 10 is a fail. I believe it is a DC 
11 flat check plus your dying value. You are dying one, so DC 12. I'm dying three now. I was dying two because you crit. Oh, dying three. Um, that's but Sam, that's I think, dangerous. I think it's 10 plus the level. So it still was a DC 12 or whatever. It starts out at 11. Okay, yeah, it starts so, at 11 yeah. and then iterates up. If you go down to a crit, it doubles the level of the dying value? No, it just no. makes it. it no, it's it two it. instead of one. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know how it interacts with wounded. Like, I, it's it feels additive, not multiplicative to me. So I don't know if you would go, like, your wounded plus dying one plus the crit would be my guess. You go to dying three immediately. Kind of yeah, thing. I think that's that, and that's generally how multipliers work in this game. So that yeah. that is how uh, I would I would imagine. All right, so Eugene is dying three. That is one away from permanent death. Fuck, man. And perhaps Morgan's tenure on this podcast because I don't think have much patience. Can't confirm. <laughs> this would be a guest appearance uh, by Morgan if that happens. Morgan is the Sean Bean of Yeah, our, no, it's uh, crazy. I thought that Sam's dog would be dead before my character. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those of you listening at home, there is no chance that you understand that joke. Hey, we're making jokes about Sam kicking his dog. <laughs> He's in there now. <laughs> <laughs> the professor, it is your turn. Uh, the professor uh, sh- uh, hastily shoves his egg roll into his back pocket for later. <laughs> and uh, for that before. Not an euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy is sitting on an egg roll. The old back pocket egg roll. You know what that's about. The folks. old back pocket egg roll. Oh, no, just a nice little piece of pocket egg roll. Yeah, yeah, no. Here for me. Here for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Nice little buttery crust. Mm. Oh, yeah, the missus loves them after they've been uh, in the pocket for a minute. <laughs> Rudy, it's your turn in the game. It's the professor's turn. What's he doing? This is pretty uh, dire. Quit fucking the around. The professor. The professor uh, will uh, attempt to jinx the snake. Attempt to jinx the snake? Oh, yeah. he's going to get a Coke out of him. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck it. Morgan, uh, Morgan, that's a hero point. That's <laughs> Uh, wait, wait. Wait. Hero points for making jokes? Oh, okay. <laughs> Better the fuck up, folks. Turns out, though, you do need a hero to use them, so I will be sitting on mine for quite some time. Morgan, now uh, in between turns might be a very good time to read the rules of hero points. Mm. <laughs> I've I was under the impression that we start the game with each of us a, a hero point, like each session. I, th- I thought uh, that was rules is written, but is that, is yeah, that was that a variant? No, you started. Everyone started the game with one hero point. Okay. Um, we're not doing one uh, hero point every session because our sessions aren't. If we were playing for like four or five hours each time, that would be fun. But there would just be a glut of hero points if we uh, kept them. I mean, we could think. Well, they like expire. Is what is. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I, but I hear what you're saying, Sam, because I feel like in a lot of ways they are designed to help PCs make the decision to go on. You know, like the, the, yes. the I think the intent of them is like you're low on resources, but it's lame if you rest right now. One more fight, and you have this sort of like backstop, so that if you go down, you can stabilize at least once and try to get out of there. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are not going to be refreshing them every session. You start the game with one. I'm going to be giving them away in a manner similar to the way that I gave, uh, you know, bottle caps in the last game. So they're not going to expire either, though, so we'll keep them from session to session? You'll keep them from session to session. Uh, I want to take another look at exactly how they're balanced because they're very powerful. They can do a lot of different things, and that, that their, their utility, I think, uh, as opposed to just giving advantage or disadvantage is one of the ways that they lie. Like, Eugene, you can save yourself with a hero. Yeah, I was reading this, so it looks like you can either choose to re-roll any roll with a hero point, it also says you can spend all your hero points, whatever that is, just to stabilize yourself. Yeah, it's really too bad that you made that great joke before you stabilized yourself. Yeah, what a bummer. It's okay, you're funny. You'll make me laugh again and you'll get another hero point. Yeah, you've been fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Professor, you have cast that spell, you jinxed the snake, what does that do? Uh, so, Sam, you w- will roll the creature's will save. Against my uh, DC of 17. Giant Viper will save up against 17. Rolled a 16, Rudy. Rolled a 16. As a failure, the target is clumsy for one minute. Clumsy for one minute. Clumsy Viper, eh, folks? And that's clumsy one. I just take another minus one to all my shit, right? Uh, What it is, is you're clumsy one for one minute. You take uh, a status penalty equal to condition value to dexterity-based checks and DCs, including AC, reflex saves, ranged attack rolls, and skill checks using acrobatics, stealth, and thievery. Oh fucking a, Rudy! I know, I knew I should have been worried when you were buying all those rule books before we started this campaign. <laughs> all right, so the giant viper now has a minus one to AC, a bunch of other stuff, but most relevantly, AC attack and damage. Rudy, debuffing over there, like a true sorcerer. Debuff blaster. Uh, That's sick, dude. Nice build. You've got a, you've got a, another move, I believe. Or uh, one more one, action. One more action, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hmm. The professor moves 20 feet to the west. That is the professor's <laughs> turn. He moves 20 feet to the west after further debuffing my giant viper. Andruk, it is your turn. What do you do? You don't know about the existence of hero points. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, he's absolutely going to try to administer, administer first aid here. Awesome. So, don't die on me, good buddy. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're at dying three, right, Morgan? Correct. I th- yeah, I think I just got it. I think I think the the roll I was trying to hit was an eighteen. Does that sound right? Plus its dying value. Yep. So dying three. Awesome. So you're, you're now stabilized, Morgan. Okay. Well done. Awesome. Well, freaking done there, bud. Nicely done. Hey, and you know what, Harold? Hero point. That was some baller shit. Nicely done. Uh, I think I've still got one action too. So let's let's see me uh, hit this viper in the eyeball. I'm gonna you shoot know an arrow at it. I really should have made that hero point contingent on hitting the giant viper <laughs> in the eyeball. But I've already said that you have it, and you do. This is just great. Hero point for putting out a band aid. Nice. See, I am not fucking with you. I just rolled a natural twenty. That's a preemptive so award. Absolutely hit this thing in the eyeball for sure. All right. Uh, so it's double, right? Double dice plus my deadly d10 is 
8 plus 7 is 15 points of damage. 15 points of damage. Yeah. And the giant viper has been bloodied. Huge. You earned that hero point, buddy. Nicely done. It is Sven's turn. Sven, can you put it down before it does more damage to your compadre? You stupid, clumsy snake. How about you? Uh, I'm going to be double slicing. Uh, probably fucking not. 13. 13 does not hit. Uh, oh, better. A 20. 20 mm-hmm. is a hit. Yes! <laughs> okay. Uh, and that will be for uh, seven points of damage. Seven points of damage still up. It is the giant viper's turn. It's going to attack the Dujulon in front of him. Uh-oh. Sven. Remember that plus one to your AC, bud. Yep. Plus one to your AC, minus one to his hits. Cumulative, plus two bonus. But not when I'm rolling like this, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That is going to be a 26 to hit. (laughs) My God. Wow. Fuck, dude. Is that a crit? No, it's not a crit. No. Alrighty, that's going to be seven points of damage. Okay, yeah, I'm down. Dying one, baby. Okie dokie. For those of you listening at home, there is now a gigantic red X on Sven's character as well as Eugene's. Eugene, we're actually going to take that one off of you since you're not dying. So it really, folks, you can imagine it like the red X has now been taken off of Eugene and was moved over on top of Sven's (laughs) icon instead. You know, no X's are being created or destroyed here. It's just sheer transference of power. Uh, the giant viper is going to slither across Sven's corpse. Oh, it's humping him. <laughs> it's laying its eggs with him. Odds are going to be Leighton. Evens are going to be Andruk. That's a three on the die. He's attacking Leighton. Leighton coming at you, bud. That's a 19 to hit. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to hit. Oh, 10 points of damage. Okay. Nope, nine points of damage. Whew, my goodness. That is an attack, a move, and an attack. The snake is still there. It is not coiled. That is the end of round six. We're going into round five. Leighton, it's your turn. What do you do, buddy? Before I go, can I get a nature check real quick? Uh, Yeah, recall knowledge, one action, give it to me. Um, That is going to be a 14. 14. 14? All right. Um, what do you want to know? Whether or not the reaction that I saw earlier was an attack of opportunity or a, like a prepared action. Basically, does it have an attack it, of opportunity? It can have an attack of opportunity in that if it coils up on itself, a giant, as an action, if a giant viper coils up on itself, it can then take an attack of opportunity. Little bonus information here because I think it's fucking cool. That attack of opportunity extends its reach from five feet to ten. Oh, feet. that's only awesome. for the attack of opportunity. So it just is like that snake, like ah, yeah. I just thought you were getting up on us so we couldn't like run away easily. But oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, looking looking at it right now, you see that it's not coiled. It like surged across, spend attacked you, and is still uh, a bit splayed out. 
So you don't think it has an attack of opportunity right now. Okay. Leighton um, is going to uh, stand his ground after taking the shot to the chest. And then a globe of um, frosted, rhymed water starts to like surround his hand, seeping out of his pores. Um, and he says, Andruk, get him back up! And smacks down with Tempest Touch. Also increasing my curse state, but that is going to be... Oh no, it's not. That's right. In this version of the game, it's not an attack roll. Uh, you get a fortitude save. Fortitude save? Ooh, that's not very good on the die. Okay, but a pretty good fort bone for the giant viper. That's going to be a 17. It's DC 16. Um, close. Okay. It's a, it's a basic, close. basic save, though, so half damage. Uh, it's a little more complicated than that, but yes. So that's two points of one point of bludgeoning and one point of cold damage. And it takes okay, a both go through. minus five foot circumstance penalty to speeds until end of my next turn. So that's uh, one action to recall knowledge, one action to hit Tempest Touch, and then Leighton is going to 5, 10, 15 over to Sven. So he like punches the Viper as he goes by right in the side of the face uh, and then like slides <laughs> over to Sven and is like, oh, Andrik, what do I do? I, I don't know how to act under pressure like this. What do I do? And that's the end of his turn. Alrighty, that's Leighton's turn. Leighton comes down with a big smack of water on top of the giant viper after sharing the information that it only appears to have attacks of opportunity under specific circumstances. Eugene, it's your turn. You're stabilized, but you are unconscious. I don't believe there's anything you can do to get yourself back up. Well, then, this was a nice turn. Excellent. It's the professor's turn. The professor, what do you do? That was a great turn. Uh, the professor uh, says, now something I do know how to do. And uh, he's going to produce flame at the snake. Produces flame at the snake. All right, roll to attack. Woohoo! That is a 26 to hit. Nice. 26 to hit. That is a hit. Let's go fast. Not a critical hit, I assume. Not a critical hit. Okay. So that is three plus, uh, so that's seven points of fire damage. Nice. Seven points of fire, fire damage, and you barbecue this giant viper. Yes, good. Yes, excellent. Oh, I love farter damage, too. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, the, the, uh, fire, uh, the professor farts all over the snake. <laughs> okay, so let's get, let's get, let's get Sven back Appreciated. up. Appreciated. Sven, uh, it looks like Druk can make this roll before you do. Uh, 10 plus 5 is 15, so I think I just make that. Yep, um, yep you get it. Uh, so this is 2d8 healing, uh, uh, Sven. Nice. Um, and I can do the same for for um, Eugene, but these are both taking 10 minutes. Just Wait, was that was that 10 plus 5? Yeah. His, his dying value is one, so that actually doesn't get it. It's so uh, you're not DC 16. treating wounds, right? Or you're not like healing. Well, I thought we were out of combat, so I can't treat wounds. You have to stabilize him before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not stable uh, yet. So okay. in, in turn order, you'd be stabilizing. Okay. <clears throat> so Sven goes to dying too. Ben, do you want to roll that stabilize check? Yeah. Nope. It's going to be a six. So that does not that does not work. Rocketing right through Andruk, if you want to use another use of the healer's kit, you can attempt it again. 
It's going to be DC 17. Uh, I nailed it this time. 16 plus five is 21. Nice. All right. Awesome. So uh, Ben, you're stable and now you can treat wounds to get him back up. Um, and these will take 10 minutes, Sam, just to be clear narratively, like we have 10 minutes to kill. I hope so. That's not going to do it. Eight plus five. Um, I mean, how does this, can we take 20 in this game? Is that a two-way thing? No. Not on not on medicine. Um, so I'm just going to keep rolling until I hit 15. Yeah, so you you try to treat wounds on Sven. That takes 10 minutes. I imagine you then go over to Eugene, right? Yeah. All right, so you take another 10 minutes to try to treat Eugene's wound. What do you do? Uh, rolling. That time I hit a 17 plus 5 is 22. So 17 plus 5 is 22. Okay, so Eugene. Eugene should have 2d8 healing. Great. Roll that. Do we have any of those potions left? Any of you guys have them on your sheets? Just to ask while Will's doing this. I do not. I used mine. So I'm rolling 2d8, and that will make me not unconscious? Correct. Harold will roll the Oh, okay. You want me to do it? Okay. Yeah, because you're you're doing the healing. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, 11 points. Nicely done. All right. So you guys have figured out a bunch of healing for the party, and Leighton, it sounds like you're refocusing again, reducing your storm quotient. Yes. Storm quotient lower, spell quotient higher. Actually, I guess technically the opposite, but... And for all of those of you at home, uh, after being stabilized and brought back up, Sven no longer has a giant red X on his pawn. Yeah, it's gone, folks. It's not even placed on anybody else this time. Uh, lying on the ground, let me get perception checks from Sven and Eugene. Uh-huh. Uh, that's going to be 24. Or 22, sorry. 15. 22 and a 15. Yeah, so both of you lying there, having wounds tended, maybe drinking some healing potions, but coming back up... You look up and you see that in between tree to the north, tree to the southeast, there's a trail that looks to have been recently trod. A trail that was recently trod. Do we see any tracks on it of uh, specific types? You do do see some tracks. We're talking human or humanoid or snakes or little rat feet. Uh, it's a little tough to say exactly what it is because mostly what you're seeing are some rat feet here. Some of it's been sloughed away by snakes slithering across it. You don't know if there's been any humanoid tracks, but you do see some rat tracks very similar to the ones that you saw in other parts of the camp going down this like game trail, basically. Hey, Sam. Yeah. Can I, um, can I roll a society check? to see if I know anything about the surrounding people who might associate with snakes and or rats. Like if there's anyone in the local area who I would know of. Uh, yeah, give me a society check. While Cole is doing that too, Sam, can I maybe roll like um, nature if finding a giant viper like that is normal? Because that doesn't feel like something that I would have like encountered here normally, right? And like yeah. maybe learn about where it would come from or how it would get here. Yeah, so you can get, give me a nature check to check it's like where it is indigenous to. And Cole, hit me with that society. Society is a nine. Y- you just don't know. Y- you're just like, man, where the where the fuck are we? My second best skill. <laughs> yeah, no, it's my second best skill. No, it is. It is. But like here you're just like, we're in Aberton. That's a tiny town. It's, you're in a backwater. I don't know the area. Just, I got you just don't recently. know the area. 
Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a 24 on the nature check for the giant viper. 24 on a nature check for the giant viper. That's going to give you that the giant viper is indigenous to the island that you are on, as is the smaller viper. The behavior that it was exhibiting, not super unusual, right? Like there's a group of people, there's a bunch of smaller animals, you know, there'd be chickens, there'd be some livestock that travel with the circus for food. So hitting upon this collection of like a more nomadic group, it would be weird if it was this close to a house, right? But this close to a big group of people, a little bit more explicable. What's odd is that these rat tracks are passing so close to it. That stands out to you with a 24 nature check, right? Again, you guys hit on this earlier, but like, what are this many rats doing this close to where a giant viper has lain coiled? That's weird. That's un- that's unusual behavior for rats. That's what that 23 get or the 24 gets you. So yeah, this trail is leading off to the south and west, basically along this break in the trees there from our area of view on this map. I'd say we want to follow the path, no? Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty, so give me marching order. Uh, Sven will take point. I think Eugene's going to be pretty far in the back. Maybe not last. As will the professor. Yes, interestingly, I, I do think that the rest of us would all prefer a little bit of space. Alright, I'll get behind Sven. Alright, so it looks like we've got Sven, Eugene, Andruk, Leighton, and the Professor, and Leighton basically taking up the rear and back there. Sven, give me a perception check. Uh-huh. Uh, ten. A ten. Alright, so Sven, you're walking uh, along this path, checking around looking up you know that you're getting a little bit closer to the stream off to your west you can begin to hear it uh when all of a sudden you feel your a little bit of tension on your boot and you look down and a tripwire has been pushed through by your front leg oh fuck. you look up and you see two big under tension rods slapping around on you it's a classic tensioned rod slap about yeah, good old slapping rods <laughs> classic i mean that's basically i mean it's, it's an ancient it's an ancient design here and we would all know that just like a car wash of rods oh my god that is going to be a 25 to hit <laughs> Yes. Oh, we're all dead. <laughs> just, just skewered one after another. And the branch's name was Krishna Destroyer. <laughs> uh, alrighty, that is going to be uh, five points of piercing damage, mm-hmm. and and four points of poison damage. Oh, oh not great. Uh, just to be clear, no, they. 16, uh, is anyone's AC 16? Like, would that have been a crit for anyone? My AC is 16. So, like, was that a crit for you two? No, no, it only, it only hit Ben. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Okay, got it. Yeah, snapping around these under-tension rods as these thorns sink into you and you look down at them and you can see that they're dripping some kind of venom 
Oh, fuck. Alrighty, keep moving. <laughs> I'm having second thoughts about taking point. <laughs> you guys are taking it on the fucking chin. It's a... Quite literally. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess we just keep going. Sven, do you want to fall back? And no, I can it's take fine. It. I, I can, can take it. it. I can take it. I can, I've got a sword and, sword and shield. I can, I can pull that out and do and Oh, do you have thinking. a shield? Then yes, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I used my face for a shield here. Now I am poisoned. <laughs> um, uh, professor, I saw you messing with those locks earlier. Do you have some skill in, in the thieve? thieving ways? Might, might you learn anything from what has struck us? Ah, my friend, the untrained eye, yes, it might look like I am a pickpocket and a lock breaker, but in fact, ah, these fingers are just dexterous. Nothing <laughs> nothing untoward going on here. And, uh, step aside, mate, you'll uh, catch your fingers. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> he uh, approaches the uh, <laughs> Oh, that's so good. <laughs> uh, so, um, what am I doing? Am I disarming this thing? It's already it's already been sprung. Uh, I disarmed it with my face. Ah, yes. The old, <laughs> the old setting the trap off disarming method. Very clever, Sven. Very clever. My blood feels like fire. <laughs> um, you, know, you, can, you, can give, uh, you can give me a thievery check on this. All right. That will be a uh, 18 thievery. 18, uh, you recognize how to like remove the tripwire. Uh, that would have been enough, for instance, to disarm the trap, but it's not enough to like learn anything about its maker or the style of trap. It's just like, oh yes, you see, this goes there, this goes there, but I mean, uh, I mean, this is a, you know, somewhat rudimentary. If someone wants to give me a survival check, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll we can one. we can take a look at that. Uh, Fifteen survival. Fifteen survival. Uh, again, yeah, this is a pretty standard design of a rod under tension trap. Something you've seen before a thousand times. You know, as soon as you get into rod traps under tension, this is this is like where you start. It's well rod ready well to snap. You know, yeah, well it doesn't look like. It's the first rod under tension that the maker of this has that the done. maker of this yeah. rod under tension. Certainly not the first tension. one I've taken to the face, too. So. So, can, um, can I tell what the poison is? It looks like. Uh, give me a give me a nature check. Nope, that's another natural. Food. Nineteen. Nineteen. Leighton, perhaps a little distracted by how familiar he is with this, and he's like, I should just know a little bit more. I, I need some more clues here. Uh, Eugene comes up, he looks at the venom, maybe puts a little bit on his finger, smells it, and he goes, this is snake venom. This is the same stuff that we've been taking damage from from all of these vipers. And perhaps what killed Myron. That's not good. Well, uh, let's keep going. Uh, being on the watch for any trip wires, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, let's go. So yeah, y'all continue down. Again, this map is really small because if it tried to get the like whole depth of this forest, it would be far too big. But you continue on for some way, a little bit more than the 20 feet that are represented here, and you come to the stream. You look down the stream to the south and west of you, and you see something. Let's get in position. 
Yep, there we go. So that's where y'all are when you hit the water. When you hit the water, you look down or upstream just a little bit and you see a couple of interesting characters. We'll be the judge of that. You <laughs> see some watery, blue skin, long nosed avatar <laughs> creatures. <laughs> <laughs> we're, in, we're in James Cameron's iconic film. So when you look up, you see the two of them. You see these two blue-skinned, uh, medium-sized creatures, and they're both just giggling to each other. And one of them looks like they're loading up river stones into a backpack that's lying on the ground. As you come upon them, they both spin around. The one who has the stones in the backpack just looks up and is just like, like you busted him doing something. And then the other one goes, oh no, oh no, oh no. Get, get away, get away from here. What do you do? Can I knowledge nature check? <laughs> Figure out what species these are. Um, yeah, knowledge nature will do. Uh, 16. 16 will do it. Uh, you're looking at a water method. These are a type of creature in the elemental water plane. You know that they are like kind of tricky. Uh, jokers up for a good laugh. The creature, the creatures have uh, like blue greenish skin. It shimmers in light, almost like they were scales. Uh, they have what does feet look like? Webbed. Join them toes. <laughs> I want the feet. And it looks like they have like wings on their back that look like they'd be more effective in water than in air. Yeah. <laughs> that's I like my feet. <laughs> so that's what you see. That's what you know, Eugene. Guys. <laughs> Don't get too excited there, friend. <laughs> These things, they don't wear shoes. <laughs> Oh, no, not, not again. Oh, okay. uh, not again. Leighton is going to call out and say, um, Hello, my name is Leighton Quixtus Chalmers, Esquire, um, formerly of the River Kingdoms and the legal bar of said area. I, I'm wondering, who, who are you and what are you doing here? No, no. Uh, we, we're doing we're doing nothing here. Just 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 get out of here, and you'll be you'll be fine. Nothing. We're just we're not uh, we're not doing anything. And the one who is in the back with the rock that he's putting into a backpack, uh, like looks to the left, looks to the right, just sort of opens his hands as the rock falls, puts it behind his back, and he goes, "Yes, no, nothing. We're doing. We're not doing anything." Hey, what here. is that there? You say you're doing nothing, but I see you doing something with your hands there. No, nope, you are wrong. We're not doing. Anything. Hey, it looks like you're doing something with a rock, no, my young no, fellow. No, What's no, going on here? He looks it back and looks it back and he goes, "No." Nope. Oh, Interesting, okay. because you know we were actually about to take our bags out and start piling rocks into them. That's right. In fact, I might just do it right now. And then flops we were so down. excited. <laughs> we come down yeah. rock hunting all the time. It's one of our favorite activities, yours as well, I have to assume. Look at these. No, 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 no. The whole point is that she won't like having rocks in her backpack. It's a trick. In whose backpack? Oh, sorry. Whose backpack's that? Okay. Uh, uh, uh. 
Don't worry, we are simple rock collectors. We won't do you any harm with any sort of knowledge. We may even find you some nice rocks. Yeah, and for I, for one, I love tricks. All right. If you love tricks, then you can be trusted. Tell me, right now, one of the best tricks you've ever played. Oh, gotcha. No problem. There's this bear named Oscar. Real young gun down at the circus. This one time, I took his honeypot, okay? He's convinced it's full of honey inside, except this day, I folded it full of rice vinegar. And I was like, all right, Oscar, have at it, buddy. One moment, one moment, just to make sure I can taste the sweetness of your victory. I must assume that this bear, Oscar, does not like rice vinegar nearly as much as he likes honey. A critical point of the prank, my friend. You're very correct in this. I I am steeped in the context. (laughs) You nailed it, dude. Oscar is not a fan of vinegar. (laughs) What an idiot. How did you make him suffer? Uh, I just told him that that was his breakfast, but it was not his breakfast, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. This is very, very similar to what we are doing with Nemia's backpack here. Oh, nice. See, she likes to carry things that she likes in it. I see. That are of a weight consummate with what she would like to carry around for however many days she's going to be carrying this backpack. But we have laden it with very heavy rocks so that the next time she puts it on it's going to be much heavier than it was when she put it down here. Oh, this Nemia, she is in for quite a rude surprise, no? This Nemia <laughs> is in for a very rude surprise. And to be honest, after the way that she treated us, I have no problem doing that. No. Oh, it sounds like a long-running feud, yes. What happened? She did uh, well, I, what I mean, she wanted us to, there's a, a circus of sorts over beyond these trees. And, and oh, you don't say. Oh, I heard that it got very violent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, huh? You <laughs> got me. I don't know why <laughs> Andrek has been silent for this eight minute conversation and then just fucking loses <laughs> when the murders we committed. <laughs> she wanted to do, uh, you know, I take for instance your marvelous prank on that bear. The end of the day, I, I assume as well that rice vinegar is not uh, harmful. To the bear, he just doesn't really like the taste of it. You nailed it, dude. That's exactly right. Yes, yes, I have played many tricks in my day, and essential to that is the fact that no lasting harm is done, but Nemia was rousing the creatures of the forest to do, to do quite other than that, to do true harm, sending vipers in to, 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 to bite, to kill creatures that have not done them any direct harm. Oh man, I gotta say, 
there's nothing not 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 cooler than a bad prank. A bad prank, a prank that goes. I mean, this extends beyond the realm of pranks. I would, I dare say. I'll tell you what. You can fill that backpack up, but I mean, we love a good prank just as much as you. You think we could escort you to Nemia and maybe uh, watch her reaction when you give her that backpack full of rocks? No, I, I, I never want to see Nemia again. It is uh, her idea of humor and what will bring happiness and balance. It's too far off kilter. No, no, this. Well, that makes sense. This is my final prank on Nemia, and then we will, I think, jump into this water and. Find somewhere else to find some unsuspecting victims of harmless pranks. <laughs> friend, friend Mephit, as as my friend Eugene here has said, there is nothing worse than one who besmirches the good name of a of an honest, playful, fun-loving trickster by going beyond the pale. There is there is nothing so horrible as as to to stain someone like you who's out here to help people have a little bit more fun in life with something odious, and so. We would be willing, of course, to put an end to such activities. I think we all agree, as as fellow rock collectors and pranksters, that things must be dealt with in a, in a timely fashion. If you pointed us towards Nemia, we would have a strong talking to with her and, and see if we can't turn her around off this path. Uh, yes, I, I, I'm not certain where she is. We haven't seen her for quite some number of hours, but I believe she is secreted herself away somewhere in the camp. She left hours ago. I, I do know that. And and she hasn't been back here since. Um, and, and please, you have no need to call me Friend Method. Call me by my name. Clarfalaf. A beautiful, lyrical uh, name. I'm, I'm sorry, could you just... Uh... What, what was that? One more one more time. My name is Clarfalaf. Wonderful. How exotic. Well, it's a family name. And my friend... Yeah, my friend and cousin, Alarfalaf. It's good. We are Alarfalaf. We would never make fun at your your culturally given name. My name is Clarfalaf, and that is my cousin, Alarfalaf. Alarfalaf. How beautiful. I don't suppose your father's name was Bill, was it? Yes, it was. That's what I thought. Mm hmm. Yes, this is a, a, a bi-generational name. My grandfather, of course, Clarfalarf, and my son, Bill. Every other sort of <laughs> Oh, naturally. My grandfather's father, of course, Bill, and his father, my grandfather's grandfather, Clarfalarf. The you unions know, must be a real mouthful, huh? <laughs> yes. Well, yes, only well. half of them at a time, though. Mm-hmm. The other half is pretty pretty easy. Well, but then you call out Bill in 50 method heads turn, so I don't know what to do with eight. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. Yes. <laughs> method heads. <laughs> Clarfalarf, I had one more question for you. Shoot. <laughs> Say that we wanted to prank Namia on our own time. What do you think would really piss her off? It's hard to say she's angry so much of the time about what is being, what is happening to the lands in this area. I I don't know how one could best prank her other than 
It is difficult to prank someone with no sense of humor. Is she a druid? Yes. Yes, I believe so. She is she is one with the What? Interesting. Um, Sam, do I recognize this name? No. Okay. Well, that is her pack though, and she will return to it, will she not? She may, yes, I don't know. She it comes and goes from here from time to time. And you can see there's like a little camp, right? There's like a thin blanket on the ground. Not much else, right? There's not like a fire here. This seems to be maybe a something of a base of operations, but by no means home. I guess I'm wondering, guys, if if it doesn't feel like we have a super good lead to go find her if we don't just stake out this camp. And we can, like, ask around and stuff, but this could be one way. Stake out the camp, stake out the backpack, see if she Yeah. Can. Yeah. All right. It sounds like you would like to stake out this camp. Basic stakeout scenario. Clive a laugh and a laugh a laugh. Beg your leave. But of course, a pleasure speaking with you. It was a pleasure speaking with you as well. Though, before you speak with anyone else, you may want to clean up those stains on your shirt. Wait. What stains do you speak of? You know, oh, you... yes, we got him! Oh, we got dang, him. he got to me. I looked down. He looked. And he, he flicked looked. my nose. I'm, yes. I would kill yes, you for a place. Yes, he did. That man is a pawn. And they dive into the water. <laughs> <laughs> what horrible little men. <laughs> Sven hates them. <laughs> uh, something about them really doesn't sit well with me. I see them again, it will be the last time. No one makes me look down at my shirt when nothing is on my shirt. No one! (laughs) So, you head over into the little camp. You pick up the backpack, I imagine. And you find a shitload of river rocks in it. As well as, underneath all of that, a highly detailed map of Aberton, the town that you're in, and the surrounding environment. Not as fully detailed as like a survey map, not going to have, you know, uh, topology on it or anything like that. But it is a nice map and all day it's worth six gold pieces. Also just like detailed notes about when you train Oscar, uh, all of the various meals throughout the day that the little sorcerer eats, the time you spend in the training yard, spend the man with the persistent storm cloud above him and the archer who is just practicing and practicing and practicing a routine, as well as all of the other acts in the circus, meticulous details, details taken about the people in town, traffic. Y'all have been staked out. We've been targeted. Wait, so we were going to do the staking out, but we got stuck. Ah, (laughs) We got stuck. We're counter-staking. The professor looks up and says, Steaks? (laughs) Along with a few handfuls of tasty roasted nuts for a hungry halfling, you find a hollybush feather token. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Should I look that up, Sam, or would I know what that means? Uh, Yeah, you guys can can look that up. Hollybush feather token. All right. Okay, the uh, hollybush feather token. When this feather is activated, it immediately transforms into a living hollybush. 
filling a single square. This bush can provide standard cover. In addition, the bush has two D4 bright red berries. While holly berries are usually poisonous, these berries are infused with a beneficial magic. You can pick and eat a berry as an interact action to recover one hit point. Once plucked from the bush, a berry becomes non-magical after a few seconds, so it doesn't heal you if you don't eat it within the same span of your interact action. If activated on soil, this plant's going to continue to grow and thrive, although it doesn't produce any more healing berries. If activated elsewhere, not on soil, it withers and dies within 1d4 days. So it's a one-time usage there, Sven? It's a one-time bush use, yep. So what do you guys do? Who would, who would like to hang on to this? Who uh, Who is in most need of cover at any uh, immediate time? So you, I think is its main use. I mean, I could dig some cover. That sounds good to me. Yes, it seems up your alley. You are also a, one of our medicinal men. Might as well keep such yes, a thing you on grab your the hands. berries while you're hiding. That is good. And what's the plan? You guys are talking about staking out. Find and kill Nemia. Find and kill Nemia. <laughs> All right, so find and kill Nemia is one plan. Mm-hmm. Someone also talked about staking this place out. <laughs> yeah, no, let's like, uh, let's snoop. Yeah, I, I could use a rest. I am tapped mm-hmm. out. Okay. And I figured then we could stake this place out at least for one night and see what happens. All right, so you take a 10-minute rest? No, like a rest rest. Yeah, Isn't like a night this, rest. Yeah, we still haven't rested yet. No, you haven't. It's the show, no. Yeah. yeah. We need some spales. Yeah, maybe like we set up our like our tents and stuff sort of in a, like a perimeter, not like... Mm. You do it do it in a way that like doesn't draw a ton of attention to ourselves maybe not have a fire claude and i can bring supplies back from camp how far away f- are we from the circus a few hundred feet okay okay i was going to suggest that we continue to um before we bed down for a night that we do a serious search of Myron's wagon, just to be sure that there's not anything else in there that someone who murdered him might have been trying to get at this is true, and I never really got much of a chance to look through the Kambali wagon either. I was quickly called to the violent plains. Perhaps we go have a few more conversations and then return to this spot when we are ready to sleep and stake. Yes, seems wise. Wonderful. Did you, uh, Professor, did you ever find out what it is that little vial of yours contains? Bravo's brew. Yes, it gives, it grants, uh, can I, can, is this something that we know sa- that I would be able to expound on, Sam, or is this something that I, we would have to do like a check? You on? would know this one, yeah, because it's labeled, you guys have heard it before, Myron might have talked about it, whatever. Well, Leighton, Bravo's Brew is a flask of foamy, <laughs> boy, it's, with, I love Sam, so I just want to be clear, Sam described this as being like a lavender, it is a foaming beer which grants courage for the next hour after drinking the elixir you gain an item bonus to will saves which is greater when attempting will saves against fear and uh since it is a lesser bravo's brew the will save is a bonus is a plus one or a plus two against fear so y'all head back into camp after being gone for a few minutes staking out the place probably took some time to check it out go through all of the stuff read everything on the map realize who it was talking about with all of the notes you head back into camp and as you approach you begin to hear music and as you make your way past the caravans and can see the central fire pit the gathering place everyone that you left after the show is dancing 
nonstop, somewhat mechanically. They look over to you with some fear in their eyes. They can't speak to call out for help for some reason, but you realize they are not in control of their actions and are dancing and dancing and dancing. And that's where we'll leave it for tonight. Oh, it got the professor, like, grabs onto the waist of one and starts congoing around the fire. <laughs> he can't help himself either. <laughs> <laughs>